Welcome to the Red Letter Christians podcast. Red Letter Christians gets our name from the Bibles that highlight the words of Jesus in red. And we're aspiring to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. We know that the loudest, most prominent voices representing Christianity in America haven't always been the most beautiful or the most faithful voices. And we know that the way we change the narrative is by changing the narrators. We are committed to amplifying the voices of people who are dedicated to Jesus and to justice. How much longer will justice Hello, everybody. This is Shane Claiborne, and I'm so glad that you could join us. It's going to be a great conversation today. Uh, I'm joined with two guests. One of them is Faith Van Horn, who is the uh, co-director of Red Letter Christians over in the, the UK and um, we, we've got a thing happening over there, Faith, and you're helping lead it along with a bunch of other good friends. And um, I'm over in the U.S. and we, we often talk about being across the pond. And uh, Faith is a literal embodiment of that, has lived uh, over on the U.S. side and uh, in the U.K. side. So um, it's good to see you, Faith. Yeah, it's great to see you, Shane. And we, we've done a bunch of stuff together. We're, we're trying to... Uh, harmonize the the movement happening here in the states and and also in other in other countries folks that are really inspired to center jesus and uh, as we say to uh aspire to live as if jesus meant the stuff he said um and you can you know see more about that on the red letter christians website but we also are talking about how our faith connects and inspires us to um be activists and advocates on on some of the big issues of our time and certainly one of those that um is ha- almost every day is in the news here in the US and 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 actually in so many other countries is um how we treat migrants or immigrants uh, as the scripture seems to be really clear that when we welcome the foreigner we should welcome them as if they were our own flesh and blood our own family and uh the new right. testament says that uh when we show hospitality to the foreigner, we might be entertaining angels unaware. So we better do it. It's holy work. And uh, Jesus, of course, said, if you welcome the stranger, you welcome me. So we're going to be talking um, to uh, a, a great friend um, and uh, someone that's coming out of the Pentecostal tradition, a lot like Faith has been. And so I'm going to pass it over to Faith to introduce Daniel. He's going to be our guest today. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah, thanks, Shane. So I'd like to uh, introduce everyone to Daniel Montañez. Daniel is the founder and director of Migration Christian Conference, a ministry that seeks to explore God's heart through stories of migration in the Christian scriptures. He is a PhD student at the Boston University School of Theology, and his research focuses on theology, ethics, immigration and migration, and Pentecostalism. He is the co-editor of the new book, The Church and Migration, A Theological Vision for the People of God, and has a passion for equipping Christian leaders with the biblical theological foundations for understanding how Christians can positively and proactively respond to the migration crisis in our world today. So uh, welcome, Daniel. 
And um, just to say a few words about how how we got connected, uh, we met uh, well. We met virtually because I came in um, via Zoom at the uh, Society for Pentecostal Studies annual conference. We were both presenting on the um, ethics uh, Christian ethics uh, panel, and you were doing um, uh, migration and immigration. And um, I was just really excited to get to uh, chat a little more with you after that about kind of your story and. Um, so if you'd like, just please um, share what you'd like about um, your own story, maybe some of what you shared with me, and uh, what brought you to be interested in this Christian ethic of migration. Mm. Absolutely. Well, uh, first off, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, it's an honor uh, to be here to talk with you again, Faith, uh, and, and to be here with you, Shane. Uh, so yeah, I come, uh, I'm, I come uh, from a Latino background. My mom was born in Mexico. My dad was born uh, in Puerto Rico. Uh, and I've always identified my own self within kind of that second generation uh, immigrant experience growing up here in the United States. Uh, in in Spanish, there's oft, often a term called ni de aquí, ni de allá, neither here nor from there. Uh, and oftentimes within the, the immigrant experience, uh, many times people don't really understand or realize what does it mean for, for the immigrant experience to pass on down to the second and to the third generation. There are still uh, repercussions and ramifications and, and realities that exist within that within that space. So growing up here in the United States, uh, I, I I grew up in a pastoral home. Uh, I went to seminary uh, back in 2014. And uh, it was really then when I began to explore my own identity of what it meant to be a, a, a second generation Latino immigrant here in the United States. And I had taken a course at uh, Harvard Divinity School with a professor named David Carrasco on human migration in the Mexico-US borderlands. And it was there that the, for the first time that I really began to understand the importance of the stories uh, of, of immigrants uh, and the realities in which they face uh, on, on a daily basis at the US-Mexico border. And that, that really impacted me in a profound way and had me begin to ask questions of my own story, of, of my, own family's, my own family's narrative, my grandparents, uh, they came over uh, undocumented a long time ago, and, and and through the years they've been able to 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 get their paperwork, and and everything was was settled away. But I began to become curious about what was my own story, uh, and how do I relate to these realities? And the more and more I began to dive into that, I began to ask questions such as, well, what does the Bible say uh, about immigration? More so, what is God's posture towards the immigrants? throughout the Christian scriptures and how can that reality speak to the realities of immigrants within our world today and how we as Christians can begin to uh, posture and position ourselves in regards to, 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 to the immigrant, the sojourner and the stranger. So that's really where the journey began. That's where uh, Migration Christian Conference came out of, just out of a desire to, to, to re read the Christian scriptures through a lens of migration uh, and understand how God is present throughout the narratives. Uh, of immigrants within the scriptures, and in the same way, God is present with within the narratives of immigrants today. Yeah, yeah, that's such a great story. Thanks for sharing, and um, just you have such an interesting perspective. And um, when you talk about being second uh, generation, and when you're saying neither from here nor from there, I'm I'm thinking about you know the whole Christian story is understanding ourselves as um, you know citizens of the kingdom, you know, living in this world. So that's um. It's a very, it sounds like you're finding some real resonance with the Christian story and your own story there, which is um, fabulous. 
And, um, you know, for myself, I'm thinking of when we think of um, immigrants and migration and the, the leading of the spirit, well, we, maybe we can get to that a little bit. But um, so another thing I wanted to talk with you about is um, one of the things you study is Pentecostalism, as I do, too. And like me, you're also um, a Pentecostal. And so um, I wanted to bring this up in part because I think a lot of the public, when they hear the term Pentecostal, might have particular images of that. Like, um, you know, some people, if they know a figure, it might be like, say, Paula White, or they might think of that image of like all those pastors laying their hands on Trump, um, which was evangelicals too. But I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about what it is about your Pentecostal, your understanding of yourself as a Pentecostal in particular, that kind of inspires your work? Because some people might think those two wouldn't go together. Absolutely. So yeah, I born and raised Pentecostal. Uh, I grew up within uh, a denomination, the Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee, a uh, very well-known classical Pentecostal tradition. Uh, however, I think in my understanding of, of Pentecostalism is that it's much, so much larger uh, than what we understand here in the United States. Really, uh, Pentecostalism is a global phenomenon. And just as when things were happening uh, at, at the Azusa Street Revival, as many people trace back uh, to the beginning of Pentecostalism when it began, things were also starting in different parts of the world as well. Uh, the spirit was moving in Africa, the spirit was moving in Asia, uh, in Europe, in Latin America. Uh, already, the, the, the spirit has been at work. So really, how I understand my Pentecostal identity is, is more so of a global identity. Uh, and how I understand my Pentecostal idea identity is really an understanding what does it mean to be a person who is led by the spirit. Uh, and and, and, and I, I think in, in a sense, Pentecostalism puts, puts much more of an emphasis to, to understanding uh, one's relationship with God, one's relationship with faith, uh, and the way in which we do theology from the perspective of the spirit. Uh, I think of uh, people like Karl Barth and Paul Tillich who are by no means Pentecostal, uh, but by the end, but at the end of their lives, something that they said is was that if they could go back and redo their entire theologies, they would begin it from the spirit, from from theology from the third article is what they would what they would call it. So, what does it mean to begin uh, theology from our our, our our theology, our systematic theologies, our constructive theologies, all those things from the Holy Spirit, and allow that to, to kind of be our, our our departing point for me in relationship to how I understand migration. Uh, and how that ties to my own work is um, how you say the, the the notion of the freedom of movement uh, is is what I focus on, and, and how that is something that is an intrinsic attribute of what it means to be made in the image of God, and that is most clearly found within uh, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. You see in uh, John in in Genesis one two, uh, where it says, "In the Spirit of God moved over the face of the waters." Uh, this idea that the spirit is not bound uh, to the the chaos or the brokenness that was that that was present in the world at the beginning of creation, and then John three eight the wind blows uh, wherever it wishes you hear its sound you do not know where it comes from nor where it goes so it is with the people of God also you see there the notion of the spirit moving freely uh, about the earth not not conformed not bound to to the sinfulness the fallenness the broken of humanity but it is completely free. Uh, and that freedom is, is, is part of the restoration, which God seeks to bring uh, to, to humanity and to the world. So uh, what it, the uh, people of the spirit is to, is to, to follow the leading of the spirit and, 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 and freedom. 
Oh Amen. boy, I love it. We're yeah. getting into it. We get. We. I'm feeling. I'm feeling the spirit moving and blowing over here. And uh, <laughs> you know, I was thinking of that image too, right? Of the in, in the Celtic image of the the wild goose as a, a you know one image of the spirit or the uh, uh, you know the the certainly the the, um, the the idea that the spirit is borderless is is a beautiful invitation. I I remember you know Daniel when I was down. Uh, visiting the border there's lots of um murals you know along the border wall and and many of them have the butterflies mm-hmm. which they they mentioned to us are kind of a they're, they're almost a a spiritual symbol of that uh both transformation but also of the migration right and uh right. yeah um, that's right absolutely yeah and i just think of um that whole image of being led by the spirit when we look at the gospels it's like jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness so that very much ties to the story of migrants who you know are led to different lands and in one way or another and um you know then jesus says he's going to send his spirit and we receive the spirit there's just so much to go into um with what you said there that that ties to migration and and the bible and the the um the gospel message. So like when you talk about the freedom, freedom movement and the spirit, it's like, all I can think of is the book of acts, you know, and you look at, Mm. I love the Bibles that have like the maps that show like Paul's journey and, you know, the journey of the apostles. And there's just so much crossing of borders and um, so much freedom and movement of spirit. And I just, um, I think that that's a really beautiful image. And um, also I love how you talked about, um, seeing your identity as global. And I think that's important, especially for folks like us who do systematic theology or, or different kinds of academic theology. So much of that can, the background of it looks like it's so locked up in like North America and where I am in the UK, but with the spread of that across the globe, we see a lot more Pentecostals who may not be in positions where they can be writing the academic books, but they're really moving the center of the church. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that, that's absolutely the case. I think, uh, again, the, I, I, I believe the, 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 really the center of Christianity has moved. Uh, mm-hmm. Oftentimes you see, um, I think Andrew Walls had this, this notion of uh, the, the Christianity moving from the center to the periphery uh, and how that has all, always kind of been the case. It began uh, in in a sense, Europe that was the center, and then it began to move to the periphery, to the margins. It moved to to North America, and then it began to grow there, and that became a new center. And then it began to expand uh, into Latin America, into into uh, the global South, and and that became the new the, the periphery became the new center. Uh, and in that sense, I mean, I think Pentecostalism is is this 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 global phenomenon, this global boom, this movement of the spirit uh, of of the center of of the spirit recentering. Uh, itself in, in in the world, uh, and we as 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 Christians are are people who follow the leading of the Spirit wherever uh, the Spirit may lead. So I, I absolutely uh, agree with that. Well, let me just pause to uh, welcome anybody that might be tuning in. It's been a great conversation, and it's not over yet. Uh, I'm Shane Claiborne, and I'm joined with Faith Van Horn, who is the co-director of uh, Red Letter Christians in the UK. And we're having this beautiful conversation with our guest, Daniel Montañez, and he is uh, a Pentecostal and a scholar and also um, coming out of his own story. And I, you know, I thought I thought, Daniel, I wanted to just 
share a quick story that won't surprise you at all, but I think it helped for me to reframe even how we talk about um, immigrants and refugees. And, you know, there's all kinds of different language people are evolving into, you know, obviously uh, most uh, neighbor loving Christians are not going to call anyone illegal. Uh, but, you know, we, we've kind of evolved. And when I was in Canada, they they called them the the newest arrivals. <laughs> you know, the, the, and I thought it was such an interesting way of saying we all arrived here sometimes. So these are the most recent arrivals. Um, but I was in this conference on immigration. I was one of the speakers. Um, but it was it was fascinating because there was a panel and one of the guys sharing was from Iraq. And he was kind of wearing the hat of a new arrival, a recent immigrant. But we we like kind of ditched the conference for a little while because there was a little downtime and we ran around town and he told me his story and it was just unbelievable. I mean, we've all I think heard so many different versions of stories that um, of such courage and resilience. And he was a pastor in Iraq where, where I'd happened to have been too a few years before. And so we were talking about places we were and, but his leadership in the middle of the war um, that their congregation was shot uh, by extremists. Um, and one of the bullets wow. went through the front window of his car and barely missed him. And he's, you know, wow. he had this Pentecostal fire too. And he's just like, the spirit was, you know, with us, it's not perfect because people were hurt. So like God's working through the cracks of everything. But he, I said, what happened the next week? And he said, we went back and we packed the church out because that's what faith is about, you know? Mm. And I'm like, this dude's a panelist. Like this should be the keynote speaker. Right? <laughs> Who am I coming from the UF? To, and, but, but, you know, I think like we've got to step back and realize that even when we have conferences on immigration, we often bring all these kind of advocates and you know folks that have written books and there's people probably right there that have stories that would absolutely stun us with their own faith and courage and we might miss them if we're not careful so i just you know i i i wanted to share that as as a way of thinking about this because we don't know who's in our own neighborhood sometimes or who's in our own church or uh who, you know, like the person is right next to us. Sometimes it's just talking to each other and sharing each other's stories. And that, that's what I love about what you've you've been doing, Daniel. And you're kind of uh, perking my ears up to that. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of conferences, um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about you, with you, about the Migration Conference. And so um, could you talk a little bit about um, who the conference is for and who shows up? And um what work are they doing around um, migration, immigration, and um, justice, and uh, Christian faith? Absolutely. So yeah, Migration Christian Conference uh, began back in uh, 2019, right before the pandemic. Uh, and, and Good really, timing, right? <laughs> perfect timing, yeah. Uh, we had our first conference in person here in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, and the purpose of this time was just to uh, explore God's heart through stories of immigration in, in, the, in the Bible. Uh, and how that can be begin to speak to uh, particularly the Latino community, because within Boston, we were we were hosting it at a, at a Latino church. Uh, since then, really, the, the conference has 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 grown and expanded in ways that we we, we hadn't imagined. But that first year, we brought in uh, people like Dr. Daniel Carrollas. Uh, we had uh, Agente Alfa, which is an immigration legal consulting agency uh, in the Boston area, doing amazing work. Uh, and just to provide uh, educational opportunities for people to understand um, what what the Bible says uh, about immigration, what God's posture is toward towards immigrant communities, and how we as Christians uh, understand um, 
or how we as Christians see ourselves within the stories of, of the Christian scriptures. We say that the Bible stories are in a sense our stories. Uh, when we look at uh, people like um, Moses, who was who was placed in a basket by her by his mother and and, and sent, sent down the river to be received on the other side, that is an example of in a sense the first unaccompanied minor uh, in, mm, in the wow. moved and and what does that mean? How can that speak to to the realities if there wasn't somebody on the other side to receive him? What would that mean for for the liberation uh, of the people of Israel? Uh, and, mm. and how God is is constantly at work uh, through through these types of uh, things and in these types of ways. So, uh, really trying to understand, you know, how how Scripture can speak to us in new in, in new ways and, and really meet us where we are and how um, our own stories. That and, and migration Christian conference is spelled with a Y. That's something that's key because it helps us understand how our how, how God speaks into our own stories and how, in a sense, our own stories can begin. Uh, to inspire us and impact us to to serve and act within our world today. I, one of the things that that uh, we say uh, is that as Christians ourselves, we are in a sense these types of of spiritual migrants because the moment that Christ calls us to follow Him, mm. He says, "Follow Me." When we accept that call, uh, we we accept a call to live for an eternal kingdom, uh, to establish His kingdom on this earth. So we exist in a sense as as sojourners in this world, uh, and therefore, what does it mean? to to live uh, and to serve those who actually live the a, a, a real incarnated immigrant experience. And uh, in a sense, there's much to learn from the immigrant because they themselves are in a sense, an incarnation of the spiritual reality of, of what it means to uh, be, be, be a, a sojourner within this world. So uh, that began back in 2019, the pandemic hit. So we took our conference online uh, and it's been online for the past two or three years. Uh, and, and it's been wonderful because it's actually, uh, grown nationally to where we have people from from coast to coast who who meet on on a yearly basis, uh, and we just begin to to explore these topics further. Uh, our hope is in 2023 uh, we do it every summer uh, is when it takes place, but our hope is to do it in person again here in Boston. So uh, it's it's open to everyone, uh, anybody anybody and everybody who's interested in learning uh, what the Bible has to say about immigration. Yeah, that's fabulous and. I'm still, I'm still processing. You just blew my mind with Moses as the first unaccompanied minor. And it's just that I had never framed that story that way. And also when you talk about um, the Bible stories uh, being our stories, it makes me think one of the Pentecostal hermeneutics for reading scripture is kind of this flattening of time between in the time of scripture and our time and really seeing ourselves in the story. And that's why I love hearing Pentecostal testimonies because there's there's always so much rich reference to scripture there and just seeing the gospel story and seeing the Bible story and then people relating their own story to that and tying their story in with God's story. And so getting to hear that and getting the um, perspective of um, immigrants and migrants is uh, even things like you just shared about Moses. It's like, I wouldn't have made that connection just because that isn't my experience and I wouldn't be able to speak into that. So um, can you talk um, a little bit more about that, about how do you hear uh, kind of like what Shane was saying about really hearing people's stories come out like at your conferences? Is that do you have time to make space for that maybe outside the official workshops? And, and what have yeah. you learned from that? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the, the the first year that we had hosted, we actually had a panel of of, of people and and who uh, we had uh, one person who who was a DACA recipient who was there speaking about her her own experience living undocumented in the United States, mm-hmm. um, eventually getting getting DACA, and then what what her what her process was through that. And um, because it was a a, a primary primarily Latino based community that was present for that first time, it was in English and Spanish. Um, although there, it, it was it was it was pretty diverse as well in, in, in that space, but uh, there's just there's just so many stories and, and so many testimonies uh, that can and and and, and were told, uh, and 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 that we hope to continue to integrate. We also have a, a blog uh, in which we in which we we highlight these types of stories. Uh, but our hope is 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 that within the within the Latino community within and I, I speak uh, I speak about Latino Pentecostalism because that's the innocence the tribe in which I grew up in uh, there is such an emphasis on the movement of the spirit and there's such an emphasis on the personal testimony personal testimonies and how God speaks into daily in, into daily people's lives and I think there's just a missing link that is yet to be connected of the spirit that moves within our services within our servicios is the same spirit that moves within our world today and is the same spirit that is present with them and their migrant experience. And I think uh, part of my work is what does it look like to continue to, to connect those dots? Ooh, well, I don't want to be one to hinder the spirit, but we're almost out of time. And it has been a wonderful conversation, Daniel and Faith. Uh, uh, anything in closing, Faith, things that we can do to connect up with Red Letter Christians over across the pond or things we got going on? I know one of them, you know, for Advent, we're going to have this whole uh, God showed up for us. So let's show up for God. And one of the ways that we're going to do that is God showed up for us as a refugee. So let's show up for those who are displaced today. Uh, Faith, what what else should we know about? Well, next year, we're going to be having a book coming out on stories of Jesus and justice in the UK. And uh, that's really exciting. We have uh, some members of our core Red Letter Christians UK team who are going to be contributing chapters and other Christian justice activists in the UK who um, are going to be sharing their stories of Jesus and justice. So uh, we'll be talking and posting more about that. And it's exciting. Yep. And join us uh, next week. We're on every week releasing podcasts and radio shows with great folks like Daniel Montañez. So thanks so much, my brother. We'll hopefully uh, see you soon. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Red Letter Christians podcast. Too often, Christians have used our faith as a ticket into heaven and a license to ignore the world we live in. But at Red Letter Christians, we believe our faith is not just about going to heaven when we die, but also about bringing heaven to earth while we live. For more information on Red Letter Christians and upcoming events, additional resources, you can go to the show notes or our website, redletterchristians.org. You can also support Red Letter Christians by giving a one-time donation or becoming a monthly sustainer. Just go to our website and click the red donate button. Thank you for being a part of this conversation and for being a part of this movement.